So now let's continue to look at these four living creatures. We've seen their descriptions. Let's move now next to uh, their appearance and how they move. Because their appearance, you see, is routinely described in and with the metaphor of light. Whether it's lightning, whether it's burning, glowing, uh, and these things stand for something. Indeed, they stand for the glory of God. Verse 13 says, As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out from the fire went lightning, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Again, you see the the ease and the power with which they move. Gravity means nothing to them. The natural world is no impediment to their movement. Why am I saying these things? Because this is true of the corporate man. This is true of the body of Christ. But as long as our minds remain clouded by a false vision of who the body of Christ actually is, namely an institutional vision, we can never clothe our minds with this truth. We can never see ourselves from the accuracy of this perspective and therefore we'll be groveling and scratching by the sweat of our brow to try to survive while we are terrorized in the spirits of our minds by the threat of disaster. This should not be you the guarantee of this exalted place comes not from creation or even from the throne of God. It comes from the mind of God who lives and functions outside of creation, holding heaven and earth together by the power of His Word. And you are being described as one of these, as being amongst these four living creatures. This is a description of the corporate man to which you have been assembled as an integral part. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature and its four faces. You note again, the description here is on the earth. We saw them in heaven, in Revelation 4, but they're functioning now on the earth. And it's for a very particular purpose. When God commissions the prophet Ezekiel to go to Israel and bring, to ancient Israel, and bring a word of harsh rebuke to them, he is caught up amongst the four living creatures and transported by the four living creatures and for all intents and purposes function as one of or functions from in the midst of the four living creatures. So even in antiquity, when the purposes of God were limited to say a rebuke of Israel for its derelict ways, the functioning 
of this prophetic voice was in consort with this, the four living creatures. It's obvious that this is, whether in the, in the ancient world or in the modern times, it's obvious that God intended this to be the instrumentality for His doing. This is described variously in the Scriptures as the pillar and ground of the truth, the general assembly and church of the firstborn, not Mount Sinai by contrast, Uh, and I'm quoting Hebrews as you know. So as he looked, there was a wheel on the earth beside each living creature and its four faces. Just to remind you, there's a living creature with four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all the four had the same likeness. You'll remember from our reference to the man above the waters, the man clothed in linen who was above the waters, he had a body like beryl, the color of beryl. Again, the splendor of God, and in this case the splendor of the movements of God. The wheels had the workings like the color of beryl. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And the word middle there refers to a a circular entity in between or a smaller version of the bigger thing. So it's like concentric circles in the middle of. And it it seems to refer to um, more like an axle, uh, the the, the place where an axle would come from from the structure out into the, the rest of the wheel, so that itself would be round. So, so it, 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 uh, their workings were like one wheel having the axle inside of a bigger wheel that was turned. When they moved, they went toward any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. So their feet are straight, these four living creatures, their feet are straight means they don't deviate from the standard, and their their momentum, their mobility is by these wheels, and those wheels go, they can go in four directions, but they do not crash into each other. They're moving in this perfect harmony this perfect symmetry. As for their rims, so again the idea of a wheel in the middle of a wheel. You have the internal wheel and the external wheel. So the external wheel is the rim of the perimeter. right? Uh, As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome. So you have this picture of a smaller wheel, a bigger wheel, the rim being the outer portion, and it's so high. 
uh, it's towering. And their rims were full of eyes, all around the four of them. The rims were full of eyes, all around the four of them. So each creature had a wheel that was like a wheel in the middle of a wheel, and the four wheels, because there were four creatures, had eyes in the wheels and the eyes were on the rims of the wheels. So the turning and movement over the earth uh, was with full cognition of where they were going because they were seeing everything. Now here, this is not to be confused with a mechanical creature. It has to do with a living being, even the wheels are living, and they are attributed eyes, intelligence to see and to understand. When the four, where the, when the four, when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. So the wheels were basically that which served their motion or their movement upon the earth. Whenever the Spirit wanted to go, they went, because there the Spirit went and the wheels were lifted up together with them. For the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. So, there was no discord between their motion and who these beings were. As they moved, everything was moved, the wheels included, by the Spirit within the creature, within each creature. This of course would be the Spirit of the Lord whom we see in representation in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation that describes the seven spirits of God standing before the throne of God and the four living creatures encircling the, 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 the throne of God, therefore being the embodiment, as it were, at least being influenced by the seven spirits of God. So these are not misguided, um, these are not misguided functionings within the earth, they're very precisely the functionings of heaven in the corporate man on the earth. Jesus would put it this way, as I am, so shall you be in this present world. Or you'd put it this way in John 20, 21, now as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. There is no independence from the head. These four living creatures, as they're moving in the earth, are moved by the Spirit. And when the wheels, when the four living creatures were lifted up, the wheels were lifted up together with them. For the Spirit of the living creatures 
was in the wheels. Twice it says that. Now, this is where it gets even more interesting. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads. Now, from the book of Genesis, when God established on the fourth day the heavens, He described the partition between the natural and the eternal or the heavenly, as between the natural heavens as a firmament clear as crystal. And underneath the throne of God, as described again in Revelation 4, was a pavement of crystal clear as the sky. So it's obvious that the functioning of these creatures is not before the throne of God, they're seen prophetically fun- functioning on, on earth, but under, under this canopy of, the, of, 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 the, of heaven. What do you want to bet that before we are done with this reading, it will tell you that where they're standing and moving is right under the throne of God. Now don't be foolish, I've already read the rest of it. Don't bet against it. It's the implication that they are entirely representative of the throne of God and of the living God Himself. That's where this is leading to. And under the firmament their wings spread out straight. So above the firmament, where they were, uh, where the living creatures were, there was a firmament the color of an awesome crystal stretched above their heads. Under the firmament their wings spread out each one toward the other, each each one had two which covered one side, each one had two which covered the other side of their body. When they went, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters like the voice of the Almighty. They're speaking for God. The sound of their wings. So here, we're not thinking so much as creatures propelled by wings and wheels, as much as we're thinking about uh, creatures speaking for God on the earth. The four of them together, the, the, the noise of their wings, was like the voice of many waters, the voice like the voice of the Almighty, a tumult like the noise of an army. It's another analogy for the body of Christ. In fact, you will see in the book of Ezekiel reference to a great army that had been decimated. The bones were many and very dry, but the spirit of prophecy would revive them, which would suggest a time of departing from the ways of God where the word of the Lord was not present, therefore the bones they would die because a man doesn't live on bread alone, he lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when you die because you, you have not been nourished by the word, 
The bones are many and they are very dry. But when the word of the Lord comes again, this mighty army will stand up on the earth and will be again the voice of the Almighty. And like the tumult, the noise of an army, an army on the move, a living army, not a collection of dried bones. And this is, as I said before, this is in the book of Ezekiel, further over in our reading. And when they stood, they let down their wings. So whenever they were at rest, they weren't saying anything. Now, a voice came from above the firmament which was over their heads. Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. So they're connecting, they're they're at rest while a voice is speaking over their heads, which is to say, when you're at rest, you will hear the voice of God. And above the firmament, over their heads, this is what I said to you that you shouldn't bet against, above the firmament, over their heads, so if you could look up and see through the crystal clear uh, petition, was the likeness of a throne in appearance like a sapphire. And on the likeness of the throne, and on the, th- uh, on the likeness of the throne, so there was a likeness of a throne, and on the likeness of a throne was a likeness that appeared to be of a man high above it. In other words, Ezekiel was being allowed to see into heaven, catching the shadow of the throne of God and the one who sat on it. Let's see if that's accurate. Also, from the appearance of his waist, so he saw a likeness of a man, from the appearance of his waist and upward, I saw, as it were, the color of amber, with the appearance of fire all around and within it, once again, the brightness of God. And from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around it. So upward and downward, because they're looking up and they're looking, they're seeing the top and they're seeing the bottom brightness all around, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. When you go back and you read the book of Revelation chapters 4 and 5, what do you actually see? You see the throne of God sitting on a pavement like sapphire, clear as the sky, and you see a rainbow encircling the throne, like an emerald. So he sees the sea up into the heavens, same as the picture presented in the Revelation. Like the, well, there you go. Uh, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud, in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around the throne of God and the one standing or sitting on the throne. This was the appearance 
of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice, and I heard a voice of one speaking. Who are the four living creatures? They are the corporate man bringing the messaging of heaven. They move back and forth on the earth under the authority of the throne of God. They represent the plenary potentiary of the exousia of of Christ's dunamis. They are the executive function of the throne of God upon the earth. As the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you." Now, between chapters 2 and 9 of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is commissioned to go to Israel, to go to the nation of Israel, and to bring a word of rebuke and reproach of God's God's judgment, in fact, to, to, to bring about a repentance from having abandoned the ways of God. Because God, even then, He took Israel into Babylonian captivity in a sense to purge out of them the apathy for which the nation had been historically known, whether it was in the wilderness because of unbelief, the New Testament word for unbelief and disobedience is the word apatheo, for apathy. A generation died in the wilderness because of apathy. When they came into the land and they saw the goodness of God, they continued, apathy again took hold, and for 490 years, they refused to to observe the Sabbath year. So for 70 years, they were taken into captivity and the land was idle. But while they were in captivity, God sent Ezekiel to bring them back to an accuracy of alignment with divine purposes because this nation was given with the principal purpose of bringing forth the Son of Righteousness with healing in His wings. And the fruit of the work of the Son of Righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ, arising out of the the Hebrew people, would be this corporate man to carry the executive authority of heaven upon the earth. So even in antiquity, when the work of Uh, Ezekiel was to restore uh, the mindsets of the people so they could come back out of Babylonian captivity and resume their purpose, ultimately culminating in the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ coming, being born, growing up, um, dying on the cross, and then bringing forth uh, the corporate man in the earth which is the gospel. It's not this foolish slack that is pandered and presented so routinely. This is the gospel. This is the the central theme of the scriptures. Central theme of the scriptures isn't about going to heaven when you die. 
You get to do that as a natural extension of belonging to Christ. The central theme of the scriptures is the representative man, the, the archetypal man, that man perfectly prototyped in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's that man who carries the glory of God in the earth as it is in heaven and that's what we're seeing at the end of the first chapter of the book of Ezekiel, the picture, that prophetic picture. Now, Ezekiel is sent to the nation of Israel to redeem them in the way that this corporate man is put in the earth to redeem the earth at the end of the age, to restore the mountain of the Lord so that people who have been co-opted, whose vision and understanding and mindsets have been co-opted by the evil one, might have hope in the presentation of this glorious man. So he says in chapter 10, I looked and there was in the firmament that which above the head of the cherubim, there appeared something like a a sapphire stone having the appearance of the likeness of a throne. So he picks up in chapter 10 right where he left off, but he calls the uh, above the head of the cherubim, which is a plural representation, cherubim. He calls the four living creatures the cherubim the cherubim, because the word cherubim means an ox, one who plows the ground, an ox, one who overturns the sod. Uh, I don't have time to unpack it in this message, but I will in a subsequent message. So above the head of the cherubim, it would seem that he's talking about an angel, but indeed he's not. He's talking about those who carry the glory of God as one man, the cherubim. Um, Then he spoke to the man clothed linen and said, go among the wheels under the cherub, fill your hands. So the Ezekiel's commission is uh, to function along with the cherubim and he picks right back up where he left off from chapter 1 in continuing to describe the activities of the four living creatures and now he is describing them corporately as the cherubim. I'll I'll unpack that since I'm running out of time on this this particular uh, series. But he says, go to the man, he spoke to the man clothed with linen and said, go in among the wheels under the cherub, fill your hands with coals of fire from among the cherub, from among the cherub, and scattered them over the city. And he went in as I watched. Now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when a man went in 
and the cloud filled the inner court. I will unpack this in the next broadcast. So continue to view all five of these together because it's a depiction of the four living creatures and the voice who speaks from among the four living creatures.